like to think of you as the voice of reason. Factual uh, reason. Which, which in a time of chaos, otherwise known as Fauda. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's actually very good to have a voice of reason, someone who's analytical, who gives facts. And actually how I first heard about you, I'm sure you remember this, was whilst you were attending Harvard, there was a bit of a scandal with a certain Israeli Meze station. And you basically gave Harvard hell. So if you'd like to tell us about that experience. Yeah, that was actually probably the first thing that I did that, let's say, took a little bit of a um, viral standing, shall we say. It was 2012, so that's already a while back. And um, I had already graduated from Harvard, so I was sitting looking at my laptop, browsing Facebook, and I had seen a photo that was uploaded by a friend of mine who also had graduated, but I don't know why he was at the cafeteria of HBS, so I didn't go to HBS. I went to Harvard Kennedy School. He was probably pretty hungry. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true that HBS had an amazing cafeteria, and we did not. It shows you business versus government, by Fair the enough. way. No. Um, so... And there was like a photo of um, of a menu. So for background, HBS runs a weekly buffet in, in addition to all of the different like all of the different stations, mm. food stations mm. they have. So HBS, Harvard Business School. Harvard Business School, yeah. Harvard Business School. So H HBS, they have like a sushi uh, station oh, with sushi wow. chefs. Yeah. The perks of capitalism. They, they no, I, no, I'm serious. Yeah. And they have like a huge salad bar and they have a place where they do uh, um, tacos. And, and then they have in the middle weekly uh, a buffet to honor a nationality from their student body. I'd probably go there if I graduated and <laughs> just to go so there. Just, yeah. You know, I mean, yes. Yes. It's, 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 it's something. It's something. It's something. <laughs> it also like gave us a little bit of a complex back at HKS <laughs> because we we do have sushi. It's in little um, plastic uh -huh. like wraps and they shove it under <coughs> like the, the, the fridge uh, shelves and then you just take it out. We have the low class sushi is essentially. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fucking so back to what I was saying. So they honor they honor a nationality from their student body. It so happened that that week was the Israeli nationality. Obviously, many Israelis attend Harvard. And the menu was called Israeli Menu Station because that's its food station. And they had hummus and they had... No. And they had... Don't go there. Fatouche <laughs> and they had uh, harissi and they had, of course, uh, pita bread. They had couscous. They even had halloumi, which is just Cypriot. Like it's yeah. not even, <laughs> like it's not even, it's yeah. not even it's from this they region. They bunched them right? up all together, you know? yeah. And so um, my friend had just written one caption saying, you know, somebody, somebody check out what Israeli food is like. You know, some, you know, he was Egyptian, but he's he is still Egyptian. He didn't change his nationality. So. Um, I sent him a message and I said, hey, you, you need to do something about this because this is just untenable. Like, if, if you've found this in the streets of New York, you can't, 
fine. But Harvard, yeah. like Harvard is ascribing to colonialism and cultural appropriation. Which like Harvard, which like markets itself as the beacon of education globally. I exactly. Like, and then also in the face of a student body that is as international as we are represented by so many Middle Eastern countries. And you no, come on, you need yeah, to do it. Yeah. And he responded, he responded, you know, there's not, come on, like there's nothing we can do about this. You know mm. how it works. Like the, and really, the reason why I have to say that is because we in our culture are very often fatalists because we just assume the fight is already lost before we even waged mm. it based on haki <laughs> salonet, stuff no. that you hear growing up, things that you watch in movies, maybe like even, even like narratives that you've heard growing up that the fight is not worth it because if other people lost it, then you're going to lose it. Mm. Well, let me fight it and then let me see if I will lose it. So I asked for permission to take his photo because it wasn't my photo and to write a thing my, on my, and he said, yeah, go ahead. So I did. So I took this super, super famous photo now, really, really famous of the menu. And I ended up, I didn't send it to anybody. And back then I did not have followers or readers. I just had friends. <laughs> friends. friends. Yeah. We're friends on Facebook. We're friends for life. Um, so. Shout out Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Who's also, well, Harvard dropout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I ended up writing just facts about facts. how. Yeah. Where Hades is from, where Hamos is from, where Anna is from. And I'm just like, none of this links back to the very modern state of Israel, by the way, founded in 1948. <laughs> and then I said, hey, Harvard, if you like, you are not allowed to want to make a place for a portion of your student body at the expense of other students. If you mm. want to honor Israel, you can do it differently. You can oh. start shooting kids as they run away from you kidding but you know like <laughs> like that like yeah. shoot him in the legs you know yeah not in the heart yeah. but in the legs um Fair enough. so so i just posted it on my facebook and it really 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 went viral but i think it went so viral that i did not understand what viral was <laughs> until i actually experienced it because it was very funny you know the 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 sphere the the earth symbol and then and then Yes, on Facebook, on Facebook with yeah. like with like notifications. And yeah, 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 yeah. So it would go, it would do that, a thousand, two thousand, oh, wow. three thousand, and then Facebook would crash, mm. <laughs> and then I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, like what? from a post. What What is going on? Because I hadn't sent it to anybody. Mm. I didn't send it to mm. anybody. I just posted it on my Facebook. Allegedly, this is what I was told. They said the numbers are in the tens of millions who read it. Wow. 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 Tens of millions because it's not, it was something that did the rounds on Fox News and on CNN and Jerusalem Post wrote a response and, uh, and I ended up doing the rounds on TV to talk about it. But the fact that Fox News and CNN actually covered the story because what ended up happening is it went so viral that uh, Harvard ended up taking it down and apologizing. Mm. Oh, mm. I saw that. And it was really hilarious. I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember um, if it was an article or a blog post. But somebody influential said 
this is the first real Arab victory against Israel. Okay. <laughs> because all the others are like, yeah, disputed. Mm. Like, you didn't really win, but, but you won because yeah. you have the Americans who decided that you were right, that this was wrong. The Americans and, like, the big corporations involved as well. Like, that's a very big move for them to yeah. come out and apologize to a student who has, like, no backing from anyone. Well, yes, but also, like, they also said, we're going to make sure that the catering mm. company doesn't do that again yeah. elsewhere, yeah. Yeah. you mm. know? So what happened after Harvard took it down and issued, by the way, when I say apology, they didn't say we are sorry, but they said we regret. Yeah, like, we're going to rectify uh, our mistake. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, forgive us, yeah. you know, like. We're not going to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. We just made a mistake. But it was a it. very gracious response. Mm. Like, I, I take this opportunity to say that they were not at all forced to do that. Mm. They did the right thing. The right and thing. they did it so graciously. Harvard, Harvard Business School. They did it so graciously. And so I wrote another blog like <laughs> post responding because responding to the different allegations of people who like I became a culinary expert. <laughs> I was just like technically almost, you know, like yeah. and, and I would like spit out these like random facts about food. And I'm not a foodie, by the way, <laughs> but but like spitting out these random facts about food and people um would be like, yeah, but, you know, because I received a huge backlash. Mm, like, yeah, but what do you, like, it's, so many Israelis mm. are originally lived in those Arab countries, yeah. so they brought their culture with them. And to, like, decompose that by giving a parallelism onto so many other cultures, like the Italians who live in Italy and take their food to move to New York. New York, yeah, yeah. Does that become American yeah. food? No. It's you can have an Americanized version yeah. Yeah. of pizza, but nobody says pizza is American. Yeah. It has there Italian is an American heritage. pizza, yeah. just like sushi. Like avocado is not native to True. Japan, yeah. but the avocado roll or the California roll is California's take on sushi rolls mm. and therefore they did the california rule so you could do that right you can do so much it's cultural appropriation no matter how you try to twist it around you can eat it you can savor it don't fucking call it israeli hummus <laughs> <laughs> when i was in london when i was in london i knew two belgian i knew two belgian people that were like israeli israeli belgians and every single time they'd go to israel they'd start promoting on their instagram i'm back to the like to the homeland of hummus i'm back to the homeland of falafel and then when they'd come to london and the house parties at night, all they talk about is like, oh yeah, we have the best hummus. It was because of Israel, why we have the mezze and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And that would fucking drive me crazy. I think, I think obviously, and it, it went viral. I don't think it, it's the type of thing that would only go viral with Arabs. I think you said it. It's oh. cultural misrepresentation. Oh, it's, totally. It's, it's a type of... Completely. Wouldn't you say it's also a bit of an elitist mentality though? Like because right now, like they have so much power and influence in the world. So like they have that elitism I, where I, we I, could look down at people only, and I don't think that it's, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of just... We are coming from, whether we like it or not, because we were born into this country and we've been living here. We're coming from a from a point of prejudice, from a point of bias. Whether rightly so or not, it's up to people to believe that. But I think the example that Sarah pointed out is something like I was mentioning. It's going to resonate wherever. It's it's cultural appropriation. It's misrepresentation. So, if you're a Venezuelan person who has probably gone through the same type of experience, you've seen your your you know national food been misrepresented and called something else you're gonna get pissed off cool. so i think that's why it kind of spread like wildfire not yes just absolutely and there's also because a lot of people said don't touch you know don't touch arabs foods you know that take over their land kill their families but don't touch their food and i'm just like no not really that's not 
the reason why food ended up getting such a reaction as opposed to settlements or like the destruction of Palestinian homes or the, the killing of young, young, young humans who are like as young as a single digit age, yeah. like eight, seven, six, you know? The reason why that is because it's become so difficult and so politicized and so demonized by the other side as being terrorism, terrorism, that it sort of became like a losing battle for so many people on an emotional level because you're just like, you, you, yeah. you couldn't come to terms with it. But that was a low-hanging fruit. And that is also something... It boiled into so many people's, exactly how you mm -hmm. were saying it right now, yeah. in so many people's psyche. Yeah. But you're not going to make a fuss out of food yeah. to begin with. You're yeah. going to start with something else. You're going to start with land theft, and you're going to start with the killing, and you're yeah. going to start with the apartheid. You're not going to talk about the food. Yeah. So when they saw that somebody did, mm. and it, it was like, yes! Finally, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. this! There's a double yes, yeah, yes. you know, like, yeah. so, so it was like a low-hanging fruit, not a controversial thing, sort of like a fact-driven narrative, and that sort of fed into that fire that's been burning inside of so many people who couldn't start with food. Like, we're like, tell us a reason why, for instance, you don't like what Israel is doing. Well, they call Hamas Israeli Hamas. You don't start yeah, with you, that, you'd right? You sound silly, especially if you're like around several people, you're getting into a political conversation and then you just throw that card <laughs> out there. That's, like number six, that's like number 600 on a very long list yeah. of things to be angry about. The third final viral thing, because after, is, after, after Harvard has stepped up its game and said, you know, we regret this and we... we do not want to insult anybody, and we respect you know, uh, all cultures, you know? all people. Yes, yeah, of yeah, of course. Of course. Um, there was an, an extremely heavy backlash from the Israeli side. Extremely. Of heavy. on your end, like on my end and yeah. on their on, end. On like, they end, went yeah. against Harvard and they went against me. Mm -hmm. Now me, they're like, who is that person? Yeah. There was a point where you googled <laughs> my name. There was a point where you googled my name, and the first. 25 pages of Google was me just being talked about in pro-Israeli blog posts. Public enemy in, number one in yeah, Tel Aviv. Yes, yes. My profile picture at that point was me like in a skirt standing up, you know, looking very pretty. And you know, and they're just like, don't be fooled by her skirt. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> don't be fooled by her skirt. She is an Islamic fundamentalist. And it's like, Those the Islamic fundamentalists would reject me they me, would baby. be like she does not represent <laughs> us you know so i'm not that's not working guys like it's yeah. not working so there was a huge backlash a huge huge backlash but i wrote a response because just to end it because i did throw um i did throw some you know nasty remarks at israel i have to say and that's really for the record um i think demonizing an entire nation is as irresponsible Agreed, as yeah. as anything else. Like, there are Israeli people, not not Jewish people, Israeli people, because Jewish people. I mean, that sometimes they have to carry the burden of a of a foreign nation True. that they never asked for. They don't subscribe to. They don't. Some of the biggest activists against Israeli apartheid are, are the are, are Jews. Jews. J Street does amazing, amazing activism. Um, in Israel, there are some NGOs um, who like breaking break the silence or breaking the silence. I, I have to check it. But break the silence and then 
um, another one, and I'll, I'll get you the name in a second because it's in Hebrew, um, who are really, really amazing human beings. And so, and surely they carry the Israeli nationality, and sure they're proud to be Israeli in their own way, and they wish that the narrative was different. So breaking just the silence. Breaking, breaking, breaking the, the silence, silence yeah. yeah. As an Israeli non-governmental organization yeah. established in 2004. Can you, do you have by, like the other things that are suggested as like a... That's what comes up. Yeah. I'll go that. down. There's that's B'Tselem. B'Tselem. Wow, it's a touch screen. Yeah, we're a collaboration here, by the way. So B'Tselem, apologies if I'm mispronouncing the name, also really the activism they do so for the record just to say yes i hit at israel i'm hitting at the israeli apartheid regime yes. i am i am if anything and that is something that we don't really talk about at all because it's such a red flag it's such a taboo there are israeli citizens who are our most natural allies for a very um for a type of peace that comes with dignity, not a peace, peace, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like shut up and 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 take stop. We're, we're gonna give like, you that. That's the all thing. over yeah, there, yeah. and then we're like like yeah. and who are activists for a type of peace that comes with so much dignity, and those people need to be protected and talked about in a in even though it's it, that's why it's very unfortunate to like say Israel and and just mean everyone is pro-apartheid mm, and yes. everyone is pro, you know, racial discrimination 100%. and a type of... So that was just for the record. In its most simple form, generalizing in any sense is not a thing you should do and not a thing of you course. should adhere to 100%. Of course. And uh, I just wanted to get on to, yeah, your kind of your fascination with American politics as right. well. Uh, did that stem from your time at Harvard or were you... No, not at all. If anything, you go there and you're just you like, how? <laughs> how are you the most <laughs> powerful yeah. country yeah. in the world? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you? How? You know, is, like, is it true, though, that like mm -hmm. the, po the general population over there is not as like rationally sound as like <laughs> for us? Like, for instance, Here we go. <laughs> I don't think there's empirical data to, to prove this. But like, no, from your experiences, no, no, but from I understand. Like, like, also, when we go back to generalization, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I get it. Uh, the, the, the vast majority of the U.S. population are not as. Um, wow, weigh your words, Sarah. Yeah. You can say based off your experiences. Well, no, 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 because it's known because through the polls and the different like data that they have on science and chemistry and history, and they're not as uh, let's say interested in yeah. uh, in in understanding how the world global affairs, yeah, like like yeah, like global affairs, and it's not something they are necessarily taught in a very systematic way in schools, like the Finnish. I'm pointing at this man right thank here. Thank you, thank you. Like Shout the out. Finnish ed public education program is one. known, known, no doubt about it, no question about it, as being the absolute, one of the absolute best today. And if you compared it to the American one, we'll talk about the Lebanese one in a second. But if we you don't need to, it's, we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but if you, compared it to the, if you compared it to the American one, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's light years away. It really is. It's a good thing I went to the American <laughs> one because <laughs> I went right. to an American school. <laughs> right. I well. think in Finland there's there's a heavy emphasis. They've completely remodeled how to educate kids. There's a um, lot of emphasis on creativity. But America ranks in 27th in the world when it comes to education. education Public yeah. education so or private education? No, just education. Which, which is very very low. For what for what the country? For yeah. what the country? Number one is Canada apparently. 
It's like the it's like the um it's the it's the largest and strongest <laughs> economy in the world, you know. Exactly. If you have so much power, you need to have you need to have a, an an accommodating education that actually validates that power. Yeah. That's not how it works today, but I mean I mean people people yeah. I, I believe in evolution. I really do. I believe in evolution and I think the Americans have done Finland's number eight. Thanks, man. I needed that confirmation. <laughs> and and, and but it, again, it, de- it depends on what kind of ranking you're yeah, looking at. I'm and just stuff looking like at whatever fo- what popped up first on Google. Yeah. 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 So when talking about evolution, how do you? By think the way, Ryan is half Finnish. For those listening. Yes. So. I think I, I think I've mentioned it a few times. Oh, before. you have. Yeah. Okay. Every time we mention Scandinavia, my face beams and lights up like. You know, like, I'm half Finnish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good. I'm yeah. gonna start a secondary podcast where I just talk about. I my absolutely love minimal Finland. Scandinavian roots. Yeah. I love Finnish metal by the way like like heavy metal heavy yeah. metal okay yeah. like really? him him mm. and erasmus no okay. that's not metal is that like a commercial that's your chance he to knows. step into the conversation no, no, you know that's we have a lot of big metal. heavy metal bands in finland it's actually one of the like the booming sectors it's it's i know that yeah. it's a it's a religion yeah practically. That and, that I, and I know that the scandin that the scandinavians they love metal they love they it. love it yeah and that's the real metal? metal by the way that like, is like yeah the it comes there's also a type of metal called viking metal yeah it's when you when you drink the blood of lucifer and then you have a knicker bread after it it's like <laughs> I don't, I, like i barely know what any of those words yeah mean. it's true yeah, fair enough you just knick a bread i'm fair enough yeah yeah back to america back to america <laughs> we america. were talking about yeah. the evolution uh, we we're talking about on the subject of evolution how right. do you think the next four years are going to look like because i saw on social media you posted that well generally i think when biden was elected there was a, a bit of dread in our country in the sense that there was a certain rhetoric in this country that people wanted trump to continue on his mission of putting economic sanctions on Iran and what would that mean as a byproduct in Lebanon but you came out kind of I, w- I don't know if I'd say supporting Biden's appointment but she you just were more said Lebanese people stop thinking too much of yourselves and thinking that America yeah. really care about us so much that's yeah. what she basically said so I just wanted said. to get your take on, on Biden in terms of the Middle East and in our country okay I have Wow, I have so many things that I want to say, and <laughs> this is where I hope I don't turn into um, an angry person. It's but, fine, you can get angry. Uh, but, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm kidding, I'm not going to bully anybody. We have horse tranquilizers. I'm not going to bully anybody. <laughs> what did you say? You have what? We have horse tranquilizers in the back, we're good, don't worry. No, in case no, anyone no. just... Ryan, wants... Don't tell anyone about the Sorry, horse Sorry, okay, as you were saying, yeah. No, no, no. Um... So we, so yeah, there is an unfortunate, an unfortunate, um, misinformed, wow, I, I think I, hold on, let me, let me word this really Structure correctly. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, let me word this, let me word this really correctly. People simplify politics to such an alarming degree in the wrong ways and they complicated to such an alarming degree in also the wrong ways. We, first of all, we as a country have a very unfortunate cultural trait that makes us, wow, I mean, we have such an unfortunate trait. We love dependability. We love it. We savor it. We, we, we politicize it and we fight about it, right? We are 
We are people that avoid the work. We are a culture that avoids the work. We are a culture of delegation. Okay, and I apologize if you believe I am generalizing, but this generalization hits too close to the truth. We are all born CEOs. We are all born entrepreneurs. We are all born presidents and prime ministers and ministers, all of us. And those of us who don't make it, it's because of somebody else. It's not because of mm. us, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But also, we have a culture of delegation, of work in such an abnormally sort of uh, pro- problematic way. Um, and that translates very often into denigrating a type of work as being just for a specific nationality. Oh, yeah. So housework is for a specific yeah. nationality. Gas station work, work is yeah. for a specific nationality. Building construction construction is for, building yeah. is for a specific nationality. Uh, farming is for a specific nationality. A type of farmer, not mm. the boss, mm. not the guy mm. yelling at everyone. Mm. The no, the guy the yelling at everyone yeah. had a CEO. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> the highest level is always Lebanese. The no, no, akid, akid. Yeah. And then, so it's the same when it comes to politics. It's like, y- even when you want to run your country, you want someone else to run it. But you still want the credit and you still want the position. So you will be the president or you will be the minister, but Okay. Even if somebody is not coming knocking on your door saying, do this, Rayan, you'll be just like, um, excuse me, what should we do? Right? There is no other country that says, let's not take any decision regarding banking or economy for now until the U.S. elections. That, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. You could do it when it comes to a very specific portfolio, like maybe MBS had to wait on one specific thing to see if Trump was going to continue the carte mm. blanche that mm. he had or Biden, then he would have to switch his cards. Yeah, yeah. That's not us, guys. That's no. not us. That's true. So we are here waiting for the United States to come and fix all of the problems that we created, right? And we don't like how they do it because America America you are we are all eating out of the hands of America, England, France, and because of our inability to do the work. So you have people who right now are revolting against a, this autocratic regime, oligarchy, who are still playing by those same rules yeah. and yeah. saying, hey, uh, you know, no, America, like let America come and get rid of Hezbollah. What are you talking about? What are you what are you talking about? If you had if you read any segment of any type of modern history, you would understand how US foreign policy works. US policy foreign policy will not do that for you. US foreign policy follows a very specific type of guidelines. Yes. And by the way, it switches from from like one era to another, but not dramatically, right? They will forever keep the facade of democracy and human rights always banging for them. And even if they don't support it, they're just going to brush it under the carpet, even though the, 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 the evidence is screaming that they so often go against that by supporting time. autocratic regimes. It's okay because the storytelling is so much more powerful, right? So they do that. But also, also, they are the moving right hand and executive hand of Israel. And people forget about that or people think, 
oh, since it's been the same for so long, I'm just going to ignore that point. What are you talking about? Netanyahu was so audacious and so arrogant that he went straight to Congress, bypassing yes, President yes, Obama yes. because Obama wouldn't do exactly what that Netanyahu well. wanted. I remember that so well. And they humiliated him and Biden in Congress where he got seven standing ovations. Do you guys know that? Do you have guys? This, is, this is a foreign leader, seven standing ovations from these American congressmen and congresswomen standing up and so clapping, well. clapping, clapping as Netanyahu bypassed their president. He just walked in. He literally just, he just literally fucking walked in. I remember this was like 2013, yes, 14. Yes. I remember this so and well. And this yeah. is why, by the way, it took him 24 hours to congratulate officially Biden because he is in bed with Trump. Like Trump gave him a carte blanche on everything from settlement, moved the embassy to Jerusalem, defunded anything that had to do with like supporting Palestinians when it came to the donations did all of that and people here are like no Trump is good for Lebanon <laughs> what how how he's gonna bomb Iran how is that gonna affect you he bombs Iran so Iran bombs Hezbollah I don't understand or Iran like says sorry Hezbollah no more money for oh, you yeah. do you know that Hezbollah is a very minute represents a very minute proportion of the Iranian budget. Yes. If you were to call the Iranian budget, Hezbollah wouldn't budge. Yeah. It wouldn't budge. Hezbollah is an internal problem. Hezbollah is an internal problem. No, Trump, Bukhra, Bikhalisna. And let's go with that narrative for a second. Let's live in an alternative world where, where Trump is our hero. And where Trump Superman. is somebody who decides okay. he has beef with Hezbollah. He hates Hezbollah. And guess what? He doesn't want to do anything over the next four years except Get rid of Hezbollah. Yeah. Let's assume we live in that alternative yeah. like world, okay? He has four years. If he had the most surgical, tactical teams, he would still have to run it by Congress, he would still have to run it by the Senate, and he would still have to have a very, very, very organized strategy that is just going to take out Hezbollah. He can't do it in four years. That's because Hezbollah true. is not like... Hezbollah is based off like guerrilla guerrilla warfare and like very covert operations. Like you can't really track them down. Hezbollah is covert operations. It's guerrilla warfare. It's men, women, and children who believe who believe and live by a certain identity that you cannot bomb out. You cannot bomb it. And even if you do, even if you say, well, you know, we've removed their weapons. Again, let's live in that land where suddenly they have been demilitarized, right? How is that fixing the problem you have with Hezbollah? Because you don't have an armament problem with Hezbollah. You have an entity problem with Hezbollah. So instead, here you are vouching for a con man, a corrupt man, a fraud, a person who single-handedly is ruining all of humanity's prospects to beat global warming, a person who cheats his way through charity, through university, through taxes, molests women, rapes women, allegedly raped his own wife, has nepotism all over, is incredibly narcissistic, has an incredible problem with losing that he will make up lies and literally, li he will literally coerce an entire organization down on its knees because of his ego. And you're like, Trump. But, but Wait, like, I, I could be getting mixed signals. You don't like Trump. Trump. <laughs> no, let, like, let, let me just Trump, say something. Though, like, I, 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 need to, I need to address that in a second. Yeah. Go ahead. But like, usually when I look at it, 
in general, not just Trump Biden, but like when it comes to American politics and especially when it comes to the presidency of the American country, I always looked at as you have two entities, the Republican candidate and the Democrat candidate, and they're backed by law lo- they're back they're lobbyists that are backed by private entities that want to promote their own brand. That's why America's always they say America's run by the corporations. And I think that the president at the end of the day is just a figurehead. It's something that people look at for entertainment and not like actual In the US, you mean? In the US, yeah. Mm. And like I genuinely think that Biden, I'm, I'm not saying I prefer Trump or I prefer Biden because I dislike both of them as people and as what they want to as politicians. Politicians are all corrupt at the end of the day. But I just say Biden is Trump with a human face. And if you're going to really dissect what Biden has done throughout his like 40 years of like his career in politics, and then you look at his, especially when it comes to foreign policy and him having a very harsh stance when it comes to bombing thir- certain countries. And like you could look at the humanitarian crisis that's going on in Yemen. That was instigated during the Obama tenure where Biden was a vice president. I'm not saying that he's going to be a worse or better president, but I'm just going to say that I don't really think it's a difference as who's, who's the president when it comes to our region in general. I think their foreign policy is dictated by uh, like big entities. I'm going to go ahead and say I completely disagree. How come? Because Donald Trump is an unprecedented, really, really terrible exercise. Let's talk about global warming. It seems everyone is disconnected from global warming. Which is the most important thing, by the way. Like we are in the red zone of global warming. I know. The, there, there is a very um, detailed report that was issued by the UN that categorized the world into four different categories of how, uh, how susceptible they are to being destroyed by global warming. We are in the fourth category. We are in the red zone. We're like Lebanon or yes, the, yeah. yes, Lebanon and the region, yani, yeah. the region, yani, uh, you know, Mediterranean. Kind it, of, it, no? It, no, not Lower. so much. Uh, the Eastern Mediterranean, yeah, okay. and of course uh, Africa. They're gonna, <laughs> mm. yani, the, the more so, yeah. yeah. This is the only the only entity that can do something about this is the United States. The only entity in this world. They are the largest polluter on planet Earth. Alone, they will be able to cull the global warming. I mean, just by just by diminishing some of their emissions and actually keeping on track with their promise that they gave in the Paris Agreement, and they would have been able to really get us much closer to a type of salvation that today we are no longer close to. But do you think Biden will be able to be different than Trump when it comes to like... It doesn't matter. Four more years of Trump would have meant that you and I might have been dead at some point or our kids would have never been able to see the light of day. Biden is somebody who takes global warming seriously. Biden is going to get back into all of those global warming acts he's going to get back in the paris agreement he's going to he's going to make sure that the corporations are actually instilling the policies that they all have signed upon trump the only because trump is not a very professional person oh, he's, not, he's no, a no. con person the only thing he wanted to do is undo everything obama did because because his base hate obama so he's like that's a good strategy he is not at all not at all an intelligent person he's not a person with a plan he's not a person with a strategy and by the way that's why he lost but the thing is the thing is i wasn't i wasn't really focusing on the issue of climate change i'm talking about geopolitical i'm talking i'm talking more i'm talking more towards climate change is geopolitical trump was a real destabilizing agent Uh, by the way 
completely uh, like not 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 really on purpose um and i was just saying earlier that one of the biggest saviors for those who don't subscribe to any trump policies or any trump persona is the fact that he comes with no plan and the fact that that was a savior if he had a plan or he had a strategy or he had an ideology he would be serving four more years and he would probably have been able to create like a third political party that would have what's been... Your, what's your take on that coronavirus? If it wasn't for coronavirus, Trump would have won the election by a landslide. Yeah, I think he would have won the election. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's very hard to remove the incumbent. Yeah. You have to be really shitty. Yeah. Like, or, 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 or like have offended particularly a very bad, like, I don't want to say shitty because actually Jimmy Carter only did one term and mm. I think arg arguably he was one of the best US presidents that has ever passed on in US history, Jimmy Carter. But Jimmy Carter became much more powerful in his later years post-presidency than he was, I think he, I, you know, I mean, we're not going to analyze Jimmy Carter now, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's very hard to remove the incumbent. It's really, really hard. And he was removed by exactly the same uh, majority as him versus Hillary Clinton. Like it was, it was the same. It was exactly the same, which they called back in 2016, a landslide, a total victory. Well, this was a landslide, a total <laughs> victory then as well, you know? But- um, Still so, tweeting about the corruption right now. I mean, come on, like, uh, he, he is somebody, you know what? And this is something that I'm gonna have to start saying more and more. The question I'm gonna start asking people whenever they, ca whenever they come forth with a political um, opinion or decision, what are your ethics? What are your beliefs? Think about it. What are your ethics and what are your beliefs? How do you like to live your life what kind of spouse, partner, if a romantic partner, would you like in terms of ethics, in terms of priorities, in terms of behavior? What would you like your children to be like? Why, why should a leader be different? Why? On the contrary, why, the leader should represent Why that, do you yeah. want your spouse or your significant other to be ethical and moral and generous and kind and professional and 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 assiduous and ambitious but not arrogant and and why would you want your children to be well behaved and morally competent but also professionally competent but not the leader why why is it okay for me to be like yeah fraud yeah tax evasion yeah 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 allegations of rape yeah complete complete hoax of a charity and a trump university and be just like but i like him He's honest. He man. fixed the so economy. He I think speaks that's his a, mind. Yeah, yeah. That's but, that's that, but, that, but, then, but then I'm just like, but that's not true. The way the economy works, he did, not, he did not screw up the economy. He did not screw up the economy. The rise of the economy started in Obama's Obama, second yes, term. That's true. It was going to rise that's anyway true. if you know economics. There were, there were more, there was more steady economic growth in Obama's three last years than in Trump's three first years. So if you look at it, it went like that, Mike, and Mike, then Mike. it went like that. Mike, Mike, so, Mike, Mike, Mike. Oh, so if you look <laughs> at it, it went down like that, and then it went up, right? As it was going up, Trump at some point came here, 
So it kept. Just and then it did that with COVID. And then you look at it. Why did it do that in COVID? Then you say, yes, COVID, COVID, COVID. Take New Zealand. Take Germany. Bless them. Take Iceland. Look at their economic growth. Yeah, they lost. Everyone lost. Even Sweden, maybe as well. Could Sweden be applied? Everyone lost. Everyone. everyone no, I'm lost. talking about like the countries yeah, that no, she's yes. saying. Yeah, yeah. And then compare it to the United States. You have the largest, strongest economy in the world. If anyone could have gotten it together, it's you. If anyone could have gotten it together, he didn't. Why? Because he's not applied. He's not an applied man. He is applied to the Trump stamp. And that is it. And by the way, all of this that I'm saying is based solely on the past four years of having experienced him as a president. If you had me sitting in front of you here and it was 2016, none of this yeah, would you have said, come out. You said on your video, you said on your video that you're actually happy when Trump was running in 2016 that you're actually, you weren't a Trump fan, but you actually preferred him over Hillary Clinton. Uh, the, thing, the thing about it is that Trump was a joker card. Joker, and the way that I looked at it at the time was that you had 27 years of an American politics where, the, where in essence, the presidents were either from the Bush or, Cl or Clinton family because I consider Obama very similar per se, like very similar feel as the Clintons because he had Hillary in his team and he was very close to her. And then you had George Bush's dad, then you had Clinton, then you had George Bush, the son, and yeah, then you yeah, had... Yeah. So Trump was the first person who was like totally sure, different. Exactly. I was going to break that, that. That's what I meant by Joker card. Yeah. And also comes from a very different background. So anything different, right? If, if it would have been uh, like, I don't know, Ronald Reagan comes from a, an arts background. Yeah, I was an actor. Like that, that was really interesting. And, and then, you know, so Trump comes from a completely different background. And it was just like, well, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting to it. But it was, a, it was a fiasco of the first degree. And I'm basing myself on his four years as president. I'm not, I'm not going back to the way he behaved in the 90s and the 80s and telling you, you know what, once in 1982, he actually... He was at a Coke party in a New no, York penthouse. No, no yeah. there are so many bad stories about that. I'm based, but I'm not going there. I'm basing myself on the four years. Michael Cohen, his own lawyer, went to jail. Like, yeah, that's, because that's, that's he had to bad. pay on behalf of the president. No, it's, it's horrendous. And then people being like, no, but I like him. I like him. You need to go see a therapist. Mm. Can I be honest with you, just from the perspective of someone who doesn't have the... Po the right, we all possible. need to go see a therapist. I, yeah. This is kind of therapy. We're venting. This is kind of therapeutic in a way. And we drink. Um, just, just off of someone who doesn't have the passport and someone who's solely focused on Lebanon and even on the region in general, I just wanted to get, because obviously the ethics of the person behind Trump, there's no dispute, whether you're far right, far left, or somewhere in between, ethically the guy is a bad person. And I know there was this rhetoric of, yeah, but he's giving a middle finger to the establishment and to being politically correct. Yeah, but morally he's also a misogynist, uh, possibly a rapist. Ethically, he's a terrible person. I just wanted to know in a kind of, and I can get your perspectives because you two are the most politically interested, obviously, and you know this, but... What do you think, in a concise way, we can expect with Biden over the next four years to our region? Just like a... So, so Biden has already announced that. He has already... His foreign policy, he's already announced. You know that if Obama was president today, he would have a different foreign policy. The For world sure, has sure. changed. Yeah. Yeah. The world... Because if you're like, it's going to be a reenactment of the Obama years. That's not how the world works. No, yeah. That's not how... We go forward. You, <laughs> things change. Yeah. 
Biden is not the same person. Biden is a 77-year-old man who is, is taking the lead in a country that's teetering on the edge of a total social this, collapse when yeah. it came to like headbutting about po- This is insane. That it's, it was like on a hair that he was able to get through. So he's dealing with a very contentious electorate. And he's dealing with a very contentious Senate. He's not, it's not free riding. So that's, we need to take that into consideration. Biden is also somebody who is a lot more human-oriented rather than... That's not hard. Human-oriented when it comes to, like, Yemen war, the war in Yemen. Like, he sees the humanitarian disaster. He's like, this is untenable. This cannot keep going on. The deals that Trump struck with MBS are beyond mm-hmm. be, are beyond ridicule. That is pure capital, capitalism at its finest over there. When like uh, he, he sell said, weapons, make By money. the way, so he said I a sentence that I I mean, this is this is going to be important to keep in mind because that's where you go back and you hold him accountable. He said, "This is Biden. We will make clear that America will never again." check its principles at the door just to buy oil or sell weapons okay so that's a direct comment at saudi basically absolutely yeah but but like and this is something that he said it wasn't recorded in a hush hush meeting he publicly said it he publicly condemned mbs in one of his in one of the debates obama was the same yeah where he said he said he is directly responsible for the murder of khashoggi and we're going to have to actually go after justice for that like come on like this is somebody who whether he'll do it or not let's hold him accountable let's hold the fire close to his feet Mm -hmm. and let's you know this is important this is part of life but hey that is a discourse that we can get on board with because you can reason with it so it's the same thing when it comes to lebanese affairs back to my initial point of lebanon the lebanese don't want to do the work they want other people to do the work for them look at israel Israel has an Israeli lobby that is the most powerful entity in the world. world. world Why? Do do they talk to the Illuminati? (laughs) Are they like connected? Yes. Yes. Are they connected to the aliens of I don't know what who came and built the pyramids? Also, yes. Like, uh. I'd, I'd say like what's impressive about Israel is that when you look at it, technically on paper right now america and china are like global are the two biggest global superpowers in the world and they're the big and like russia russia go but i wouldn't say they're as big as china like at, at this point in time four years ago it was russia for sure mm-hmm. and the funny thing about israel is that they're in, they're in good terms with all of these three Absolutely. countries they do business with all three of them yeah, and they yes. couldn't they have like operations running in S- they ha- why can israel who, by the way, doesn't necessarily have access to more funds or money than the rest of us do in the region, I mean, um, were able to organize themselves in such a surgically intelligent way that their word is ink on paper signed by the President of the United States. I'm not talking Arab and I'm not talking Middle Easterns. I mean Lebanese who are renowned for having literally CEOs all over the world. Some of the biggest, biggest names in New York, in New York, the financial scene are Lebanese people. Why can't we organize ourselves in a way to go and lobby the president of the United States and say, 
A, B, C, D about Hezbollah. I'll tell you why, because like, because due to the like civil war and the sectarian divide that we have in the country, which still stems up until now, everybody, all every single Lebanese person just got so sick about people wanting to rely on themselves and they're like, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to be individualistic. I'm going to focus no, on no, myself. No. And Sasha said it. My younger sister said it and she's right. She's like, you take the Lebanese outside of Lebanon, you get Gibran Khalil Gibran. You keep the Lebanese in Lebanon, you get Gibran yeah. Basir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's saying, well done, but her, her, she's question, right. her question is, why can't so you have all these CEOs abroad? Abroad. Yeah. Because they left. Well, yeah, but the, why can't they all go? And then like she's saying, why can't they all? Because everybody, because you're saying that everybody, so they're very smart when it comes to like financial and business ac- acumen. Why can't all these CEOs exactly. gather around and form a movement? And I'm saying because they, don't they got mobilize. so sick and tired of like this Lebanese mentality of this crap that goes on in the country they became too individualistic Mas you have the own Gibran Khalil Gibran but now they're coming back into now they're coming back into swing before the, you're right the, everyone yeah. did their own it's thing it's like I don't want to but be associated but now because there's anymore. an opening yeah. Plus, this regime and is over let's, let's this, no 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 this regime is over yeah but like it should, it, they should wrap it up really quick.